Dive podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church in a year. Today is day 58. We begin with number 428. Whoever is called to teach Christ must first seek the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. He must suffer the loss of all things in order to gain Christ and be found in him and to know him and the power of his resurrection and to share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that if possible, he may attain the resurrection from the dead. From this, loving, from this loving knowledge of Christ springs the desire to proclaim him, to evangelize, and to lead others to the yes of faith in Jesus Christ. But at the same time, the need to know the faith better makes itself felt. To this end, following the order of the creed, Jesus' principal titles, Christ, Son of God, and Lord, will be presented. The creed next confesses the chief mysteries of his life, those of his incarnation, paschal mystery, and glorification. Jesus means in Hebrew, God saves. At the Annunciation, the angel Gabriel gave him the name Jesus as his proper name, which expresses both his identity and his mission. Since God alone can forgive sins, it is God who, in Jesus his eternal Son-made man, will save all his people from their sins. In Jesus, God recapulates all of his history of salvation on behalf of men. In the history of salvation, God was not content to deliver Israel out of the house of bondage by bringing them out of Egypt. He also saves them from their sin. Because sin is always an offense against God, only he can forgive it. For this reason, Israel, becoming more and more aware of the universality of sin, will no longer be able to seek salvation except by invoking the name of the Redeemer God. The name Jesus signifies that the very name of God is present in the, in the person of his Son, made man for the universal and definitive redemption from his sins. It is divine name that alone brings salvation. Henceforth, all can invoke his name. For Jesus united himself to all men through his incarnation, so that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The name of the Savior God was invoked only once in the year by the high priest in atonement for the sins of Israel. After he had sprinkled the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies with the sacrificial blood, the mercy seat was the place of God's presence. When St. Paul speaks of Jesus, whom God put forward as an expiation by his blood, he means that in Christ's humanity, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Jesus' resurrection glorifies the name of the Savior God. For from that time on, it is the name of Jesus that fully manifests the supreme power of the name which is above every name. The evil spirits fear his name. In his name his disciples perform miracles. For the Father grants all they ask in this name. The name of Jesus is at the heart of Christian prayer. All liturgical prayers conclude with the words, Through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Hail Mary reaches its high point in the words, Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. The Eastern prayer of the heart, the Jesus prayer, says, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Many Christians, such as St. Joan of Arc, have died with the one word, Jesus, on their lips. Father Jeff. Thanks, Bill. You know, the I want to kind of start before this. Article 2 starts where it talks about um, teaching 
to teach Christ must first seek the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. You know, there was um, when the bishops met, the U.S. bishops met about four years ago, I think. Maybe it was, maybe it was a little bit longer, maybe it was about six. Um, Curtis Martin, who was the founder of Focus, who I used to work for, spoke to them, which was really kind of, was kind of like, wow, that, he kind of became a big deal. Um, and, and he told the story, kind of a reminder to the bishops, but also kind of a good calling out to the entire American church. He said, you know, if you, if you ever actually look at Scripture, <laughs> the, the parables that Christ tells are all point to you should know the thing and then you're willing to do things. So he talks about the pearl of great price in which a person first finds the pearl, then goes sells all that he has, and then comes back and gets the field to get this one pearl, right? That's The pearl is knowing Christ. Um, he said the problem with the Catholic Church is we tell them all the things it takes to get to this pearl, you know, and we tell them they have to sell all they have, but they haven't met the pearl. They haven't come to this surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ or surpassing worth of knowing uh, Christ Jesus that we're, we need to get back to the right order of things. That we've, when we lose that order, no matter how good we get at catechesis or no matter how good we get at our teaching of theology, no matter how good we get at all of these other things, if we don't introduce people to the person of Christ, everything else is going to fall apart. And that, I think, we, we could probably see a little bit in our own day, time, and in communities even. But, but I think as we turn to what is this, the power of this name of Jesus, um, it starts not only with what the name means, that God saves, but I want to point out something that is left unsaid in the catechism, which, or is kind of only hinted at, which is that the name of Jesus doesn't come from Mary or Joseph. The name of Jesus comes from the angel Gabriel, it is, who is nothing but a messenger of God. So the name is divinely instituted. Now, if we look at the, the power of names, uh, we can kind of see in Scripture a couple of interesting moments in the Old Testament. So if you think of Jacob wrestling with this angel and won't let go until he says the name, or I think maybe more poignant would be Moses at the burning bush. Why was it so important for him to say, what is your name? Who am I supposed, what am I supposed to tell them? Because once you have a name, you have a certain power over somebody. And, and that sounds kind of funny, um, but, but it implies a relationship. But often it, the one who names the other person is the one in power, right? So, um, so the most clear example of this is when you name your child, right? That, that parental authority is real, and, it's, and it is effective, like, my name is not my own. I didn't choose to be called Jack or Jonathan. Jonathan is my real name. Nobody knows this. Now you all know it. Um, but uh, that this this naming is, I didn't choose it, right? I didn't even have the ability to speak, let alone to rationally think to this point. But So my parents gave it to me, and that authority that they have is is real. So when we come to a name, the ability to name somebody is, is a huge deal that God says, of all all that I want you to know about me, this is it. I'm going to save you. I am saving you. That it is that kind of power of every time we, we allow that name to echo through through our world, we are we are proclaiming again that reality that there is a real authority behind what it what it is done. Which is why um, in deliverance ministry, it's in the name of Jesus it is done. That is why. Um, any exorcism is always done in the name of Jesus. Why 
all of our prayers always have, as this last paragraph points out so poignantly, uh, always have their high point, their conclusion in, in this name of Jesus in which all things culminate. That the Hail Mary is said to have the three most powerful words in, in, in our language, which is Mother, Mary, and Jesus. That those three words form the power of the prayer because that is when we're at our most needed, our most most uh, vulnerable, most um, desirous of help. Th- those are the names we ca- cry out. Those are the words that we need. Um, and that's what gives us power is that we, it's, it, that need echoes back to that, um, that moment of trust that we were created for. Because that trust is a sign of our, our humble submission, but free submission to God. And that that is where true faith is found in this name, through this name, and for the sake of this name.